0: Welcome to Between Worlds. This is CJ Vector, Chelsea um, Vector. I am excited to have two of my close friends today, Heidi and Holly. Um, I knew them as Heidi and Holly Wilbanks, but it's Heidi Dennis now and Holly Schuller. So, um, after listening to this podcast there is a lot of random talk on my end and i hope some of this makes some sense they um heidi and holly's advice is very important and key we had some very funny uh, moments but i had to cut them out because uh sadly holly sounded like a chipmunk um some of our uh, the signal had got lost and so Um, Hopefully, I'll have them back on another day, and I just hope you enjoy this um, podcast. This is a podcast interviewing some TCKs that grew up in Quito, Ecuador, where I grew up. Um, We lived in the same building, and um, just a couple notes. um, Quito, Ecuador is in South America, if you don't know. A third culture kid is is a kid that has... Grown up in two different worlds, um, their family parents' world is is different from the one that they're living in right then, and so they kind of don't completely fit into the culture that they live in, but they don't completely fit into the culture that their um, family is from. So they would—that's why it's like the third culture. They kind of merge the two. If you're new to this podcast, I'm just trying to explain those things. Um, uh, secondly, I um, am just. You know talking this is Lent season for us right now and I think it's really important to um, spend some time um, being quiet and listening to what God is trying to tell us during this season um, next year at this time I will be publishing a book or a Lent devotional and uh, there are some times where I have um, had to step back Um from whether social media, whether on the phone, whether it's just having more quiet time with God uh, is very important. And during these next um, 40 some days before um, the death and resurrection of Jesus, I really encourage whoever is listening that find some time to just be still. Uh, I use a pause app. That is done by John Eldridge and it really takes just even a minute Um, it just helps you refocus and get your eyes off of the surroundings and off of the world around you and look at Jesus Um, I really would encourage anybody that is just being overwhelmed by a lot of things right now to download that pause app it is free and it just helps you um, just take some time. And especially during this season um, of Lent and which comes to a great victory at the very end. So before um, we go on to the podcast, I do wanna tell you that um, Heidi and Holly's parents both were teachers at Alliance Academy, which is in Quito, Ecuador. And I was um, at two there and my dad was a teacher there for, over 11 years. I didn't go there that long. So, um, just in case you heard that uh, word Alliance, Cat Alliance, I wanted you to understand that it's a school. Um, it's a, it, it was more of a boarding school, but it is a school for missionary kids and also internationals and other kids and third culture kids. So, uh, t- without further ado, I hope you enjoy our podcast, um, with, um, Heidi and Holly. Well, this is Between Worlds and we are talking to TCKs uh, from all over the world. And we are just talking about with a lot of different subjects and we're still trying to figure out this podcast every day. So <clears throat> but I get to welcome um, two of my dear friends that I grew up with in Ecuador. They actually lived in my uh, apartment building. Uh, they lived above me and we have a lot of funny stories um, that we could probably share for hours um, that I don't want to spoil. I'll let them share some things. So, but they were in Ecuador longer than I was, but um, they were, it was great to have those memories uh, in that apartment building, especially when we got locked in um, and mm-hmm. couldn't leave multiple times. So why don't you guys, um, Heidi, you introduce yourself first and then Holly.
1: So.
2: yeah. Uh, my name is Heidi Dennis, and I lived in Ecuador from the sixth to twelfth grade. Um, born in Georgia, and now I live in Arkansas, and I'm a licensed professional counselor now.
1: Cool, Holly, you there? Um, Hi, Holly. I am. I am Holly Schuler, and I am Heidi's younger sister, and. So I lived in Ecuador from fourth through 12th grade. Um, And now I live in Bolivar, Missouri, and I'm a physical therapist.
0: Oh, so you guys obviously are close by to each other. I know those two places. I live in Arkansas, so Mm I'm close with uh, Heidi. And actually, Heidi's husband is the one that got my husband his job at Walmart. So (laughs) that's how we all kind of ended up down here in... um, so and both um both of you have children and um you can share if you want to but um uh our lives are way different than they were when we were in Ecuador but first <laughs> um first where where would you consider home that's like kind of the question i like asking tck's
2: yeah i um it's it feels strange to say but i would consider arkansas home now um <laughs> Since technically I've been here for most of my life now, which is very, very strange um, to say. But yeah, I would consider where I'm at home, which I guess is probably pretty normal for a TCK. Wherever you're at, that's where you make your home, right? Very true. Yes. After a while, you just kind of
0: start settling in. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I um, honestly, I thought about that when I read the question. I was thinking I I have actually lived in Bolivar for most of my life now, which is weird to say too. It, it just feels weird to say you've lived where you're living now for most of your life, yet you don't really feel like that's your origin. So mm-hmm. um, I I feel like I never connected home to a place. Our family's really close. And so it was pretty much wherever my parents were or maybe wherever we were sleeping that night. I remember a time we were on furlough and I was saying something about let's go home. And I meant to the place we were sleeping that night and my parents (laughs) thinking, no, that's weird that you're calling that home since that's the only night we're going to be there. But, (laughs) (laughs) um, but yeah, I think it was just where, wherever my family was, was home. So.
0: When you girls were on furlough, did you guys travel to a lot of different places
2: Yeah, we, um, it was neat to go and visit extended family again. I don't know that we traveled extensively. Um, We didn't have to do the tours of different churches to raise support like our parents did. Um, But we made our rounds to different, you know, home bases, different cousins, aunts, grandparents, um, things like that. Just kind of a whirlwind catch up on relationships, right? Yeah
0: yeah that that is I think that's another part of being a TCK is just always having two sets of like world of friends you got the ones that you have where you live when you're growing up and then you have the ones in the states and at that time I mean at least I don't know what your experience is but at that time we just had writing and letters and there wasn't email really even yet until I was in high school and so um Nowadays, I think TCKs can, can keep in contact with their, um, their friends back home a little bit easier. But, um, uh, uh, but did you guys keep, have good friends back in the States when you guys that kept in contact?
2: Holly will tell you. Um, we had our cousins that we would always reconnect with. And we actually made mixtapes that we would mail back and forth to each other yes. <laughs> where we would yes. put some songs and talk and then put it in the mail and send it.
1: Oh, that's awesome. I love that. Do they still keep them? You know, I don't know. Do you have any of them? Heidi? I think
2: I might. I need to go digging because that would be really fun to listen to now. That would be funny.
0: <laughs> you can tell your kids like, oh, this is what we used to do to communicate. those yep,
1: mixtapes. Yeah. If we have any play
0: tapes on. Oh, Oh, that is true. That is true. I didn't, I didn't even think about that. There's nothing anymore. Uh, would, so I, I mean, I know the answer to this question, but for our listeners, what kind of education did you guys do overseas and in the States when you guys came on furlough?
2: So we, um, one of the things that I, that was a constant for, for both of us, which I think was really helpful with the transition was we had our parents as teachers when we lived in the States. And we also had our parents as teachers when we lived overseas, um, because Mm -hmm. we went to an international boarding school there, but they were, you know, able to teach there. And so be there with us. Um, and then of course, coming back to the States for college, I found myself gravitating to a place where i had connections even though i'd never been to arkansas i had connections here so just finding that link with familiar familiar i think was um crucial for me that's kind of how i pursued where i got my education
0: and oh yeah heidi so you i um you can just tell us what college you chose to go to did you know people Did people from um alliance academy go there too
2: I knew a couple of older classmen that went to I went to John Brown University um, and I knew a couple of people that went before me um, that I respected and admired. Um, and so that was my link to to John Brown. And then our grandparents moved to Arkansas. Um, oh, no. so they were about four hours away from us. So that was kind of the home.
0: Oh, OK, that's where I didn't realize that. Holly, where did you go to school after Alliance?
1: Um I went to John Brown also. Um, oh, okay. I uh, I I wanted to go back to Georgia actually. Um mm-hmm. and applied to some schools there and got in and then um but my parents really wanted me to be near Heidi's, they would still be overseas. Um they worried about sending me to a state school in Georgia where I was more anonymous <laughs> and and alone. Um So That makes sense. Um and in the end, actually, JBU gave us enough little scholarships and financial aid that it was the cheapest option too. So, <laughs> me being a super frugal person, um, okay, I'll go with whatever's cheaper. But it ended up being JBU. So,
0: okay, well, and then how did you get up to Bolivar?
1: Hey, Bolivar was physical therapy, and SBU had a PT program transitioning over to a doctorate and they sent a representative to JBU while I was there and said they were going to guarantee a spot for a JBU student and um, so I applied and again was the cheapest of the schools I applied to Um, and then Richie had some friends who had gone to SBU so he knew a few people in Bolivar Um, and it put it halfway almost between him our family that's in Arkansas, we kind of made that decision together that it was a good place to go for PT school. Um, Not intending to stay, but we were loving Oliver. So.
0: Perfect. Perfect. At least you're, you guys are close by to each other um, yeah. about a couple hours, right? It- yeah. Mm-hmm. Alaska. So I I guess asking for like, um, what did you guys experience a lot of culture shock via in Ecuador or were in, um, or more in the States?
2: I I would say probably both. It was interesting because I was, I was recently writing about some of the changes that I experienced when moving overseas, like going from a small Southern town to a large city of millions of people, people. Moving from a house with a yard to a high-rise apartment building, new school, new language, currency, leaving friends, family, pets, most of our belongings. And I found as I was writing that list down, I started crying. And I didn't realize Mm. how much it still impacted me, that transition and that culture shock. Mm. Um, But I also felt culture shock coming back um, to the States. But ironically, I mostly felt it with other MKs because it seemed like we were all lumped together because we had the same leave label but mm. we didn't have the same life experiences so for example at you know the mk's from more rural areas they would have an annual goat roast in the middle of the forest at our college and they would kill and roast a goat and i remember the front page of the school's newspaper was a was a picture of a MK kissing a goat head, and it said MKs host their mm-hmm. annual goat roast, and I thought that is not me, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and so it was. I did feel some culture shock of not knowing quite where I fit in, both with MKs, but also obviously with others from the states because I had a different experience from them as well. Um, so yeah. that may have been, you know, I wouldn't say more culture shock, but it surprised me. Because Mm -hmm. you you think you're going back home, but it was surprising how much culture
1: shock I experienced on the other end of things. Going, I don't remember really being upset. It was exciting to me and I was young enough, I think, and not connected enough to friends or things at the time to care. But coming back, definitely exactly what Heidi was saying, being in groups of people and being placed in groups of people and saying, well, I'm different than them. I'm different than these MKs because I wasn't born overseas. I'm different than these MKs because I lived with my parents. I wasn't at a boarding school except for a small amount of time. I'm different than these other people who, I look American. I've been a crowd of people. These all like me, but I don't feel like I'm the same as any of them. There was definitely Mm -hmm. that coming back. And even, even later, like... Even here in Bolivar, there are times when I'm like, oh man, I'm different than these people. (laughs) So, but yeah. I oftentimes feel like the Phoebe
2: from Friends, like the one who had a different experience from everyone else that you're around, (laughs) who's just a little odd and a little off. I've learned to claim (laughs) my inner Phoebe, but that's how it feels.
0: It does. I think, well, and I recently had this um, experience again, it's because of, um, American traditions. I came off of um, Super Bowl Sunday. And the next day, I just was like, why do I go to these things? And it's, (laughs) and it's not because I don't, I like the community. I like, but I don't, I don't, I, but I also am not, we're not huge NFL people, sadly. There are people that love that. Excuse me. But, um, and it's just, I, I, because I don't have a team to root for, I guess, because I've, my dad, you know, it, my dad was, went to, is a Michigan fan, but never, but there was no um, professional, I didn't know professional teams very much. And I think the only few times we did Super Bowl Sunday in Ecuador, I don't remember watching it. I just remember playing in someone's backyard uh, or eating, like, American chips or something. <laughs> so I don't like, those are what I remember. I was like, Oh, we could have American food or something. I don't try to remember, but, um, uh, when we had anyway, I mean, not that we couldn't have that stuff, but I felt like that was the only time where we made a big deal about having hamburgers and hot dogs mm-hmm. that we would work really hard to get those probably because I'm sure they did not have them at, um, at super maxi as as our mm-hmm. grocery store. <laughs> so, which is a classic name i still love that so oh our <laughs> so um uh i love your perspective of that um so as in like i was like what would your advice be if like to people cuz i have some you know friends that are re- you know now um living overseas with kids and what would your advice be for like moving cuz you were saying heidi like were you writing down these things the things that you left mhm like you didn't realize like, oh, I, those, it was hard. And you probably being, a, cause I, I went, I went in I, about the same age as probably, cause I was fourth grade too, when we went to Columbia. Um, and so I, I was excited. I like, I think I was halfway clueless about what was going on. Um, especially even in Columbia and all the dangers, I think I was just like, didn't even know what was going on. I think I started figuring it out after a while, but at first I was just so excited. Um, but I was, I, I don't remember missing so much of the States, I think. But if I was a little bit older like you, Heidi, I probably would have had some of that core friendships that would have been really, cause sixth grade is a, is a, is a, is that it's a hard stage anyways. Right. right. But what would your advice be for parents right now?
2: I I think, you know, and I say this also from kind of a therapist lens too, whenever you're going through change and transition, it's important to have as many familiar things as you can. And that can be something tangible, like a favorite toy for a kiddo, or it can be a familiar routine. Um, It can be a favorite meal, but just anything that you can take note of just to keep as a routine is something familiar um, I think that helps with the transition so that it doesn't feel like everything is changing.
0: Mm. And did you feel like you had that a little bit? Cause your parents were there as teaching for you. Did they actually teach your classes or no?
2: Yeah. I I've had them in various roles as Holly did too. Um, you know, they, they were teachers at multiple different stages, if not a school counselor or school principal. Um, so yeah, we had them in multiple different roles. But I would say as we, as we walked through that, they tried to walk us through. I think the thing that was most impactful to me was um, choosing which toys to take. Mm. And that, I mean, that's hard for a kid to choose which toys to take. I still have a mental image of a, a certain teddy bear that I didn't take. Mm. you know and so I think they walked me through of like hey you can't take everything and we have limited space and we're having to ship all these things and we're going to be on a boat for months before you see them again but mm. I think for me trying to take note of but what what can you hold on to right not what do you need to let go of but what can you hold on to I think probably would have been helpful
0: That's great advice. I think my mom tried to do that. She gave me one thing that a bag that said anything you put in there that is yours, Mm. you can take with you like just, it was like a little carry on. And that was kind of that was it. That's all. um, I mean, obviously, you know, because I even see now with my daughter, how she collects things and mm-hmm. like, i'm like i wonder if i collected some little things that probably wouldn't mean anything to my parents but it would have meant a lot to me yeah at that moment so that's good advice um holly do you have any
1: suggestions um i don't know about going well maybe between the coming and going um mm-hmm. i i've a good job in some ways and maybe could have done a little better in, and maybe because I was also a shy person is not expecting me to remember people mm. or know people or you, you come back to the states and there's all these people who know you feel this pressure to know them, remember them care about the fact that they, they know you um, and and so maybe just understanding that your kid's experience is not yours and their memories. Uh, maybe it's okay. You don't have to know people there. I'm, I'm not going to tell you that they're your friends. I'm going to say, yes, they are. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, That's good advice. Didn't other than we cousins. I, you know, and had a hard time remembering who's who, even in my own family. Mm-hmm. Um, but and. You can get on Facebook. You can see lots of pictures. You can you can share more easily. Whereas for us, you go and a few years later, and you see all these people and and they all want something from you. It feels like they want something from you, meaningful, and you're like, I, <laughs> you're a stranger. So mm-hmm. I don't know if you felt that at all, Heidi, going to churches yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah, but.
2: absolutely. You kind of kind of feel on display a little bit. Um, yes. yeah, it's an awkward, it's an awkward feeling for sure. And it is so very good advice. Just, too. Just,
1: just to have that in mind, I guess, just to be aware of how the, how the kid might feel. Mm-hmm. But yeah.
0: Especially cause you're talking like I was a social person. So I, um, I, but I, for somebody that's more introverted, like it's, it's harder. And, uh, my mom commented one time, she's like, you were in a different Sunday school class, like all year long, like you, cause we would go to church and I couldn't stay with my parents. Like they had to go to a Sunday school class and then they just pushed me into some kids church thing. And so it can kind of mess you up a little bit if you keep doing it and you just, you have to like meet people over and over again, but that's. Mm-hmm. I mean that's normal, but it's at the, for that for for what missionaries have to go through. But at the same time, it's not easy. It's a scary, um, and unless somebody's like super, like um, comforting and so. But that's good advice to kind of. I know even if with Facebook even now, I think kids still don't probably remember um, people. <laughs> They probably are like, oh, because if they don't have that strong of a memory, if you're not see like if you're not doing something fun with them. Um, my mom had a very funny story, but that's because she came from a small town and everybody knew her and knew her dad. And we came back, I think some, some summer, I will, I don't know, you know, they all kind of blend together in your head after a while because you keep doing it the same thing all the mm-hmm. time. And we we were at some, we ran into somebody at some, I think a shopping store or something. And my mom talked to this lady, like it was her best friend. And we walked out and I was like, who is that mom? She's like, I don't know. <laughs> and she just kind of like, I guess she figured out how to like talk to people without um, really like, I guess she maybe knew, but she could just keep conversation with them and then just be like, well, oh, whatever. They're no, I don't know. I don't remember them. So like, <laughs> I was I was told that she actually, this is like her best friend from high school or something, but she she was like, I don't remember them. So um that just is you really develop <laughs> yes, something that but sometimes kids don't figure out that that um that as easily as when you get until you get older. So uh, well, I kind of just want to ask first, like, the, what is the craziest story that you guys have had? I mean, I know we probably could share s- stories. <laughs> I mean, I could. I, I'm going to share this just because this is one of the s- strongest memories I have with Heidi. Well, uh, there's uh, so many memories. There's so many memories, but my favorite one is when I fell off the stage in choir. <laughs> Remember that? <laughs> Gosh, I still have that <laughs> mental image burned in my brain. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, it just it, but I can I was like I came down and then I slipped back up, like nobody saw it. It was just it was just perfect. Like I was able to hide that one. But that one, I don't know. That was we came home and we watched that video over and over oh, and over yes. again. I'm pretty sure that.
2: we slow motioned it to <laughs> multiple times.
0: Oh well, so many things, so many times. So there's there's I have a lot of memories of your parents too where um, I'll just have to share that. This. this is my memory. I don't think, I think you guys were in college at this point. I'd come back a summer and I don't know if you were there. I don't think you were. Cause this is when I was in college and your, your parents um, were still living in the same building and we got robbed that night. Ooh, and mm-hmm. um, it's, uh, you know, robberies in Ecuador. I don't, they're just weird altogether. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it wasn't obviously, later on i was like oh this is a scary, kind of a scary story but your dad came down and i had a knife in um in a frying pan his first words were like are you gonna cut them up and stir fry them
2: <laughs> oh my gosh
0: and i just thought i was like i don't know <laughs> 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 My mom oh my had woke God, me up from crazy. the robbery. She woke me up and I was like, no, that's dad snoring. She's like, no, someone's robbing us. And so, and my dad was still sleeping and I was like, well, I have, she was like, well, we got to get them to stop robbing us. And I was like, well, we can't go in there without something. And so that was my first thought was to have a frying pan, but your dad just made me laugh. So I think like, he was a good way of him, like breaking the, the, the scare factor, obviously. Yeah. But,
2: Anyway, that's that's a perfect example of a story that as you know tck's we tell that story and we're like oh yeah robberies and but you tell some that story to someone in the states and their reaction might be wait that was a normal thing that was something that you know you knew happened to multiple people that you knew you know it's just yeah
0: yeah i'm not going to share what the robber left because that was a tradition in ecuador because i might be too much information for this i don't i don't know because like, like but anyways but anyways do you guys have your crazy stories
2: um the only one that came to mind to me um you know obviously every country has the strange delicacy that you eat and well, not eat regularly but the one in in ecuador was a guinea pig mm-hmm. um it tastes like chicken like you know Um, And so I decided to try it once. It wasn't a regular part of our diet, but, you know, I like trying different things. And so I decided to try it once in Ecuador. But when I came, when I moved back to the States, I was working at a boys and girls club. And one of the little girls brought in her pet guinea pig one day. And before I could stop it out of my mouth came. Oh, I've eaten one of those once. (laughs) And her eyes, I'll never forget the look on her face. Um, Yeah, I I wanted to crawl under the floor after that one. Oh, no. She
0: probably was like, I'm holding this guinea pig. She she
2: pulled the guinea pig away real quick.
0: (laughs) Holly, do you have any stories?
1: Well, um, you know, I don't know. I... I was telling somebody the other day because I was like, oh, this is like a childhood memory. And then it's kind of one of those things, like Heidi said, you start telling it and then you realize how weird <laughs> it probably is. Yes. Um, but um, the, the year the, the I stayed in the dorm for a year when my parents um, or semester when my parents had their home assignment because I didn't want to do um, school in the States. And that was when Heidi was in college already. So that year was the year that the volcano erupted or didn't erupt. It didn't fully erupt, but every two weeks it was spewing ash. Yes. And they were saying that was a good thing because if it was, if it allowed the pressure to build up, it would erupt. But as long as it kept spewing, that was good. But I remember we were on a dorm trip, um, the beach and the volcano had erupted while we were there so on the way back they're like okay when we get back we have to shovel all the ash off that roof because if it rains then it gets heavy and our roof will collapse so um so i was so i was telling we we were on a beach trip and we came back and we were in we went straight to the roof and started shoveling ash into trash bags and the dorm parents were walking around with little cubes of jello sticking them in people's mouths <laughs> and, um, kind of to refresh us because you get that ash ashy nastiness in your mouth and and so but um and it was a fun memory cuz we were all up there together and and it was just i don't know kind of different and but sounded much weirder to okay a volcano was going off and you guys were
0: <laughs> was that Thanksgiving week
1: um probably
0: okay 'Cause I was in I was in Galapagos with the AP biology trip because we couldn't get back.
1: Okay, uh, yeah. It probably was. Because um, okay. then I was gonna fly back to the States for the for Christmas and then our you know the flights were downed and uh yeah Christmas yeah. too before Christmas and we were having to sit at the airport for hours and hours and hours.
0: Yeah. You know, we were um yeah, we were stuck. it couldn't fly out of Galapagos because back then you could only—they ha- only had one airline that flew in and out of um, Galapagos, and we couldn't because of the ash in the on the runway. We couldn't fly back, so we were just land sick um, in the in the airport, the outdoor out, out terminal, which is kind of playing. I forget what card game we played over and over again for um, that that class. So. But yeah, that was, that's a good, I mean, yes, when you tell people that you've survived a volcano and, um, and I try to tell people around here, they're like, I I, they, I tell them, I'm like, I don't, I mean, I've lived through a volcano. We've lived through, um, I've lived through hurricanes and I've had, but I said, I still don't like tornadoes. They're like, why? I was like, gosh, they're, they're unpredictable. I don't, I can't, <laughs> I still, but maybe that's just, that's this, you know, where we live. I'm like, I can't. I mean, yes, volcanoes are still unpredictable too. So, but, um, but, anyway, but, yeah, we. I was telling somebody the other day about the volcano experience, and I said we were the first school that knew how to do what do you call AMI now here. Mm. Um, oh, <laughs> we
1: because yeah. never
0: they, they sent us packets home.
1: We had those packets, um, yeah. Yep,
0: yeah, to finish our schoolwork, and so we would be able because we were we. There was a time where we were stuck. Well, you must have been stuck on campus.
1: You're supposed to stay inside. Yeah, we were in the dorm. Yes, it got a little crazy. The uh, Mary Delos got a little bit anxious, high anxiety, high stress. I remember one time everybody was – because we were, you know, all the dorm kids, and they're just one set of dorm parents and all these kids, oh, six, to 12, six years old to 12th grade. And um, she was – a- attentions were kind of high, but she had decided to make some, something. I forget what it was fudge or something. And I walked into the kitchen, she was making it. And I said something like, Oh, my mom doesn't put the, that in there. And she was like, I'm not your mom. I'm trying my best. And and, oh. <laughs> well, <laughs> but, <yeah>.
0: Yes. That, <laughs> I, but that was, that's like basically what quarantine, like <laughs> what we've experienced now. Like, yeah, yeah no. That was the, the worst of the, oh my goodness. The experiences, the journeys. Have you guys now, last thing we ask is like the weirdest thing you've eaten. I mean, you did talk about guinea pig, but I don't, I think there's weirder, there could be weirder things in Ecuador I, that I think. Um, Not I did,
1: lot. We did cow tongue once. at, a, yes, at a bank I was going to say day. that. There was cow tongue there, but Um, and I love to make ceviche and, and pretty much everybody I give it to, very few people have a taste for it right away. Mm, So people find that weird. And then we, I always make, um, colada morada and the the bread babies and, uh, not everybody loves the colada morada either. Uh (laughs) I take it to small group or whatever, or, you know, and share it with people because it makes such a huge batch and not everybody loves it. So
0: you got to send me that recipe because I want to, I haven't made that and I don't think I have.
1: I've- um, have you, there is a website. It's, I, I can't remember. I think it's just laylita.com. L-A-Y-L-I-T-A.com. She's an Ecuadorian and um, she has a website with tons of recipes and she has the original, like colada morada, the original recipe, but then she also has a recipe for if you live in the States and you can't get this and this and this, use these ingredients instead. And oh, so, okay. um, so, and she's got other good recipes too. So I, I look at her website a lot when I want something Ecuadorian.
0: Okay, can you um, spell that again?
1: Yeah. L-A-Y-L-I-T-A dot com. Okay. I'll have Perfect.
0: To double- yeah, I found it. So, okay. just, Oh, good. Cause I, um, I like making new things and stuff. That's a, um, recipes, but I actually haven't ventured into Ecuadorian food as much, which you'd, you'd I'd be surprised. Um, so, but those, uh, um did you guys ever drink chicha from the jungle or the dance too no i think so you didn't okay i did get to go do that the i call it indian beer beer, beer spit or something because it's spit that's fermented or something oh.
1: yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah that's a yeah. that yeah. strange thing i'd say
0: yeah, it didn't taste that good. But I think the reason why they drink it is because they eat so many carbs in the jungle. They they need something like, it's like kind of, I guess I would, nowadays you would call it like a kombucha, I guess. Oh. But they use their spit to kind of, they chew up yucca and they spit it into it. So, and then they let it sit underneath the ground for a while. So, but you know, some people think kombucha is probably around here is probably the most disgusting thing too. So, <laughs> everyone <laughs> But um, well, I thank you so much for, um, man, I just there's so many stories. I wish I could just uh, that Heidi and I, we have stories too. I'm trying to remember. I just remember strike day, in the apartment building, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Just yeah, take got- off school where they have the tires burning across the road.
0: Yeah, we block everything was blocked or the the taxi strike day.
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: No, that another, was fun.
2: Another one of those stories you tell people here of like, oh, we missed school for strike days because they were burning tires in the road. and We couldn't get through
0: yeah. that. that people were like, I don't doesn't, understand. Does
2: it land this way?
0: <laughs> no, it doesn't. No, uh, definitely is. Um, it's nice to just chat about those things where it's like, oh, it's at least somewhat normal. We, we experienced this um, it together. And I think that, mm-hmm. I think, but it's also good that I want to bring back that point that you said, Heidi, where not every MK experiences the same kind of, and so you don't always click. Thank you for listening to Between Worlds. I'm CJ Vector, and I am so grateful to have Heidi Dennis and Holly Schuller, too, on the podcast. There are so many great, wise points that they said, and I hope to have them back on again to let them share more stories and also just wisdom um, from their end. There's one nugget that I would like to leave you with as a listener, and that nugget is what Heidi said. What can you hold on to? not what you need to let go? There is so much in our life, even right now that we are holding on to things that we probably need to let go of or we have to let go of something and we don't want to let go of it. And if you are a parent of a TCK and you're heading out to come back to the states or move to a different city in the country or a different country, I think the main thing that you should focus on as a parent and even as a Kid, that you're listening, maybe is what are you holding on to? Onto that next journey, and don't focus on what things that you leave behind. Because although the things of the past are great, but if we dwell on what we've left behind, it is can hinder us from moving forward. So, um, I also really love that they both kind of talked about whatever you go through in change or transition have something that's familiar that you take with you and that is consistent and i find that with even recent podcasts that we've done there was always a familiar schedule a familiar um routine that really kind of helped each kid feel some security and so I think as a parent and as a TCK, that is very key to even life now and it, when life now is it overseas. So I hope you guys have a great day and let me know um, if you have any thoughts or questions. Bye.